Good morning. Today's scripture is from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things, do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, uh, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Good morning, church. Good to see everyone here today. We have uh, obviously a number of us, um, of our um, folks that are traveling, and we've got um, a lot of folks that are that are uh, down with sicknesses and illnesses during uh, uh, the, the cold and flu season. It's it is upon us. So take your vitamin C, wash your hands often, and uh, and, and and take care of yourselves. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay. Um, depending on the statistics of where you look, it's estimated that 80% of all New Year's resolutions are abandoned by February. Um, there are statistics and studies that track, um, it, well, any guess of what the number one um, most common New Year's resolution is? I, I would never have thought of that one. Uh, weight loss. Weight loss. Uh, what month of the year do you think the highest number of gym memberships are sold? January. Can you guess as to what month the greatest decrease of gym membership sales is February, right? February. Um, each new year presents hopefulness, right? Um, the, the, the idea of starting over, and, and it's an intriguing thing to, to us, to everybody worldwide, you know, putting what's uh, behind us in the rearview mirror and, and looking forward to something new and, and, and greater with, with changes, right? Expectations. We, we talked about that uh, in class this morning, the idea of, of having hope set before us, right? And, and what that does to you, right? It, it, puts, a, it puts a spring in your step. 
It changes your outlook on life um, and, and, and gives you some motivation to move ahead. You know, the, the idea of, of the gospel message, we talked about that um, extensively this morning, and, and the response to that, right, is, is, a, is a change, right? It, it, it's, it's a change. And so when we look at the, the, the new years that are put before us, um, we have this hope, right? Um, great things that are out in front of us. But statistically, the majority of folks that, that enter into that with the expectation don't have the carry-through to accomplish it. Um, fail quickly. Ab abandon that, that hope. Abandon that endeavor and fall back into the day-to-day -day humdrum. Accept the failure and live in the failure. And then next year, try the same thing. Well, what we're going to take a few minutes um, and, and look at, of course, Steve, um, i got to out you, man. He... he told me he had to get up and get a refill on his coffee because he figured he might be here a while. Um, but, uh, you know, we look down the road and we're just going to live in it and then maybe try again later. But the difference in Christ, right, is that we don't have to live in failure. We, we don't have to just walk through the, the humdrum of, of, of daily failure, right? We have Christ um, as our advocate, right? We have, we have Christ as our Savior, and we have God the Father, right, um, as, a, as our spiritual dad. And we're going to look at the idea, right, of not just Happy New Year, but a happy new life, a happy new walk that, that we're in. Um, one that is to be characterized by successes, not failures, right? By February, many people, 80% and up, have abandoned the new hope and, and then live in the failure. But in Christ, the failures are not to define us right? We are new, right? We are new. We are a new creation. And we're going to look at this idea of newness. God likes new. He loves new. And he wants us to be new. And so, thank you for the reading, Terry. Um, Nicodemus, in John chapter 3, right? Pharisee that comes to, to, to Jesus at night um, and engages in a conversation with, with him. And Jesus very, very quickly, as he often does, will take the subject matter in a conversation and move it to the spiritual, move it to the spiritual application so that one, uh, the, the one with whom he's discussing and having this conversation can, can make some 
some analysis, can, can, can analyze themselves and, and put their life up against the teaching that Jesus is providing to them. And so Jesus has proposed to Nicodemus that one must be born again, right? And, and we've been blessed with many uh, new babies, um, right? That, that, that newness. I can't remember who it was. I've heard somebody say they love the new baby smell, right? Like the new car smell. Um, and, and, and there's there's something to that. But and and and, and babies are, are great, right? When they're not keeping you up all night, right? Um, but they provide that that glimpse of that newness and that hope, right? Whole life ahead of. And that's the way that we need to approach our lives on a continual basis because there is a theme and a thread through scripture that talks extensively about this idea of newness a new covenant a new being a new walk and and that's that's who we are and we don't have to wait until new years to embrace that and to rekindle that right um, so the conversation was begun with, with Nicodemus. Um, and, and so he said, well, how can these things be? How can they be? And so Jesus says to him, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? All right? And so he's focusing in on this idea, <coughs> excuse me, of, of believing, right? Faith. And we're going to go back. I, I pulled the slides out. Um, well, actually I actually had Jeff, but we're going to go back and look at it anyway because it's, it's just necessary. We're going to go back to, to numbers here in a minute. But it's about faith, right? To, to, to grasp and to hold on to this idea of, of newness and being new, it requires faith. It requires belief uh, in Christ in what he has done and what he can do uh, and what he's done with you and me and what he can do with any life that turns itself over to him. Um, so it, it, it's about believing. Uh, he says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Uh, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So if, if you've got your Bibles, I don't have, like I said, I took the slides out, but um, we're, we're going to look at it anyway. This comes from, and, and, and those that have been around here a while, you've heard me say it before, John 3.16 is, is where we're building to. And John 3.16, the statement, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only, one and unique son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting, eternal Life. And he's talking about the quality, not just quantity, but quality of, of life. And this, this passage is predicated 
on a story in Numbers when Israel was in the wilderness, right? And so <clears throat> looking at, at Numbers uh, 21, I'm going to pick up in verse 6. And so Israel had been up to their, their usual disobedience and, and God was going to send another message to them. Um, and so the Lord sent, verse 6, fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and you. Intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, uh, set it on a standard, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on the standard, and it came about that if a serpent bit any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. <clears throat> and so you have here not a magic bronze snake. You, you have an opportunity with regard to, to faith and belief. They had established within Israel that when Moses made this snake, fashioned this, this snake out of bronze and, and set, it, set it up on a pedestal that if you were bitten, God didn't just remove the snakes, right? Ever, ever puzzle that? Well, why not just get rid of the snakes? Well, he didn't do that. The snakes remained. The biting continued. What there was an opportunity for, though, was faith. It was a faith-building exercise. And so... It became known, it was, it was taught that if you're bitten, turn and look at, look at the snake. Look at this bronze serpent that God instructed me to, to, to make and you will live. And that came to pass. And so John 3.16 that references this as, as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus is, is dealing with this idea of, of a new chance being saved based on faith based on the faith of what was done on, on my behalf. And so he continues, Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For because God loved the world so much, he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. And whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light 
and does not come to the light lest he lest his works should be exposed but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God and after this Jesus and his disciples went into Judea countryside and he remained there with them and was baptizing John also was baptizing at Aon or Anon near Salem because water was plentiful there and people were coming and being baptized. And that's what we spent a lot of time talking about in class this morning. The idea of, of people going after that hope, going after it. Um, and, and, and simple acts of faith. Simple acts of faith. Believing in what Jesus has done for that, for that new chance and that, that new beginning. Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that Jesus as Christ uh, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. We too might walk in newness of life. There it is again. Living in the newness, right? That, 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 con that continual walk and at some point this, this year, we're going we're gonna to have a class. We're going we're gonna to talk about the, the, the walk, the walkabout, um, as, as Paul describes it. That, that characteristic that really defines who you are. Not the moments of, of failure and sin where you give up in February and throw your hands in the air and just, and, and, and just live the humdrum walk. No, that's, that's, not, that's not the idea of the newness that God... Uh, gives us that Christ gives us it is it is a change that describes who we are right it, who we really are not by the failure but by the successful new creation right we are something different and a failure does not take that away from you a failure a simple failure or simple failures or complex failures don't change what God has created right he has created you new in Jesus Christ. And that's, that, that's it. You, you are new. You would have to turn away from that, right, to, to undo it. Failures do not undo God's new creation. They, they do not. Your walkabout in Christ Jesus is, is who you are. And so we're buried that we might and raised to walk, to walk, actively move in a newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. I'm going to read that again. It, it is strong and it is emphatic. If we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified. Old self done. Crucified. With him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothingness. Brought to nothingness. I mean that, that's, that should resonate folks. That body of sin, that old person it, it is brought to nothingness. The idea is that it is brought to a state of, of non-existence. It's gone. 
you, 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 turn, you turn loose of it. Challenging? Yeah. But with God, all things are possible. And that, that's, that's why it's hard for some folks out, outside, all folks outside of Christ, to grasp it. You know, that, that is the anomaly. And that was the word I was searching for about six weeks ago. Anomaly. It, it came to me about five weeks later. Um, but but that's, that, that's, that's the, 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 the strange and yet fascinating thing about a life in Christ. Uh, we know our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin. Newness, right? Happy new life. And, 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 and we should hold on to that and, and be encouraged every day by that. Not hung up in the failures because they're going to be there. We have, we're, you know, as long as we're in the flesh, we're going to struggle. We're going to have failures. We're going to have lows. You know, we're going to have questions. You know, ne never, never be ashamed to have the questions for God. Even John the Baptist, when he was in prison and was about to be killed, I mean, he was, he was the guy out in the wilderness, right? Preaching that gospel message that, that folks like soldiers and the tax collectors, right, prostitutes, all manner of sinners were coming and asking the question, well, what, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? And he was emphatically saying, repent, be baptized, receive forgiveness of sins. Christ is coming. Christ is coming. I, I'm nobody but a, but, a, but a messenger. Christ is, is coming. And, and, and when he comes, it's going to be awesome. And, and, you know, and he believed these things. He baptized Christ. He, he heard the heavens speaking. He heard God saying, this is my, my son. I'm pleased with him. The Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and landed on Christ. John saw these things, and yet John, in, in that low time, sent his disciples and said, check. Is, it, is, it, is he really the one? Is he really the one? So don't be ashamed to ask the questions, but listen for the response, right? Because Jesus said to him, go tell him to remember the things that he saw, the things that he touched, the things that, that he heard, right? The evidence that Jesus brought forth, remember that, and, and take, take comfort in that knowledge. Second Corinthians 5.14 For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one who has died for all, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and, and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard 
Uh, no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That, that, that newness, that newness has been created. God's a creator. God is a creator, and he likes creating new things. He likes creating new things. I, we're not going to look at this passage, I don't believe. Um, well, I'll save it in case, in case we, we, we do. Um, but he refers to us um, at one point in, in the book of Ephesians um, with regard to the idea of a creation. The, the, the specific word that's used there in the Greek um, is, is like a blank canvas or, or, a, or a poem. It was something that the artist made from, from nothing. It was something that, be, that came about with regard to the artist's imagination and ability to bring something new from, from nothingness. That's, that's what we have. That's who we are. We've been recreated anew. We've been recreated anew. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that no one has died. Therefore all have died. The old has passed away. The new has come. Therefore remember, Ephesians 2, that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. No hope and you're without God. Old covenants, uninclusive, hopelessness. But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. On over in chapter 4. We got the idea, right? We got the idea. We're, we're, we're new. And we're an ongoing new creation. Defined by the creator. Not by the old self. The old ways. The old, the old, the old sin. That is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him. And we're taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, Paul tells the, the, the church at Ephesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to, be put, and to put on the new self 
created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so the reminder to us is the same as the reminder to the folks uh, at Ephesus. You're due. You're new. You're, you're a new creation. You know, you were created, and, and I love this, right? Right? Man, if we go back to Genesis, man was created in the image of God, right? You know, and, and to me, you know, I, I've always believed that, that that's referring to the, the, inner, the inner man, the soul, that which is eternal, you know, that which still feels like you're, you're 18 or 20, even though, you know, you're older than 18 or 20 on the outside, right? It's, it's that thing that never ages with, within you. But God has now taken what was corrupted, the flesh, it was corrupted, right? The soul was endangered through sin, and God has recreated, right? It, it's a, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's not just fascinating and amazing, but man, it is, it is so encouraging, should be so encouraging. It's that thing, folks, that are hopeless need to understand that that which was damaged and was corrupt, God has taken it and recreated it through Christ. He, he's recreated your spiritual opportunity. That, that, that soul within you, he has taken that damaged, corrupted, old you and has made it new again and, and he's recreated it in his image like he did originally right man was originally created in the image of God pure and righteous uncorrupted until sin crept in remember that right and after after Adam and Eve had sinned do you remember what God said it should resonate. What have you done? What have you done? They had corrupted their soul. They had let sin into that which was created in God's being. But God redid it through Christ. He recreated you in his image in his righteousness and holiness that's what that's what he did through Jesus right took that condemned corrupted I, I, I keep using corrupted I, I don't know a better word that 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 damaged you and through Jesus Christ made you new Right? He made you new, set you on a new path, right? In righteousness and in holiness. A couple more spots. He tells us, the Colossian church, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming, and these you too once walked. Right? That, that, that which de really defines who you are. You walked in that. That was your walkabout. But, but you no longer walk in that. You've been recreated. Right? That which was created originally in God's image 
has been done again. Uh, in, in these you once walked uh, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self and its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, right? And so you've got, you've got that constant renewal. I mean, that, that's the message I'm hearing from you. He's recreated you in his image. And, and it is a, it's an ongoing thing, right? It is an ongoing thing. What Jesus provides is an ongoing renewal of who God wants you to be as his new creation, that, that, that new spiritual um, being that, he, that, that he's brought forth, that, that he's brought back to him, that reconciliation, he's brought you back to him, right? Happy new life, happy new life. It, and, and that is how you are to be defined with what he has done. We've put on the new self, which is being renewed, in knowledge after the image of its creator. Lamentations 3, 22, 23 um, is uh, the basis of a song, right? But, it's, but it's, it, it carries the same idea with it. And, and, you know, I would break in the song, but that would not be edifying. For anybody but the you know the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases for his compassions never fail they are new every morning every morning not once a year every day right every day every day is filled with hope and is filled with renewal because of his creation. Those who create, those who, who are truly creators have a, a, a greater understanding, I believe, of the creation and how you, how you love and covet those things that, that you create. Right? Artists, Writers, you know, sculptors, those who create want their creation protected. They, they want their creation to, to remain, right, to be preserved. And God is that way. And so, new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. I have hope in God. He is faithful, and he provides renewal on a, on a daily basis. We are never abandoned to the streets. God is always, always for you. He is always pulling for you, right? He's not out to get you. He, he is pulling for you. <coughs> Excuse me. Revelation. 
and we'll, we'll conclude with this. The lesson will be yours. But God, th- this just shows that God loves new. He, he loves new beginnings. He loves newness. He loves new creation. John tells us, as he wrote from the island of Patmos, Revelation 21.1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with him, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. God likes new, folks. And that's, that's, why, that's why he recreated you. That's why he recreated me. That's why he gave the world the opportunity to be recreated, to be remade in his image. Right? But this time... It's a continual renewing because of Jesus Christ. And that walk in Jesus Christ provides that continual renewal, right? So that you remain holy and righteous as God's creation, as his, as his poem, right? That which he loves, protects, preserves, and wants to endure for all of eternity. So, as you think about, you know, the idea of New Year's resolutions, whether you do them, whether you don't do them, um, take this piece to heart, that the resolution that God made, right, to, to make you new is 724-365, and, and we are to be emboldened by that we are to be encouraged by that strengthened by that and you know to to remember that that that's what defines us right yeah but I'll, I'll yeah yeah that's what defines us we and we've got to keep that in our head that's what defines us not the old stuff not not the sin no matter what it is that doesn't define us if we walk in Christ, that's what defines us. That's what God recreated us to be. So if you're here today, we extend the invitation to you. Um, if you have never put Christ on and, and, and felt that or understood that and accepted that renewal uh, in, in, in his baptism, we would encourage you to do that. Um, if, if there are other needs that you have, struggles that, that, that you want the church to be aware of, you know, let us know that. Find, find someone. 
make sure, make sure that you're using the church that God has provided, right? Iron sharpens iron. We are to edify and strengthen one another because we are all in the walk together, yeah? Yeah. All right, so happy new life. Where's Nick? There you are. Nick's going to lead us in an invitation song. If you would please stand.